welcome on today's show. Ryan Thomas is back and flying in Europe. The midfielder opens up on the injury that threatened to knock his PSV journey off track. Plus, Phoenix Ferns, empty stadiums and Ronaldo's imaginary friends. Lining up for TVNZ Football Club today is Victor Waters, Jack Mabir. I'll get to the Phoenix and the Ferns a little bit later on. They had a loss this morning, 2-1 mm. to Norway. <clears throat> the Algarve Cup. Yeah, look, I still think it's... Uh, like, they were leading. They opened the scoring. Hannah Wilkinson um, got the first goal. I think we have to respect Norway. Norway are a really, really good side, especially in women's football. So um, it was one all up until about the 86th, 87th minute. So, you know, it was unlucky to, to concede a late goal. But still, I think it's been a, a memorable Algarve Cup for, for the Ferns. And, you know, they've got to build on this. Um, we'll get to them in the second half. But Ryan Thomas, nice to see uh, him in such good form at the moment. Didn't score on the weekend, but he's um, showing why he's probably one of our, our best players at the moment. Yeah, he's kind of made a bit of a resurgence, hasn't he, after, after an injury. And, you know, it's a mark of a good player, good mentality, isn't it, that you can bounce back from a kind of a serious injury and, and deliver the goods, um, you know, at a level that you could before, you know. I think um, a lot of players end up with a, with a bad injury and fade away after that, don't they? So, uh, you know, good on him for, for sticking with it and getting through it. Exactly, and you can be quite nervous as well coming back if you have had a serious knee injury. I did chat to him uh, from his base in the Netherlands and asked him how he's feeling about coming back from that injury and flying again. I don't think I'm at the level that I was at when I was in Swallow. Um, it's a bit difficult when you come back from such a long injury and having a, an ACL problem as well. It's a bit difficult getting your rhythm back. Um, well, I found it difficult to get back to the level that I was playing at that got me to, to PSV. So I still think there's a bit of time for me to yeah, adapt to yeah, the style of play here and sort of um, yeah, grow into the, the player that I want to be again. Has it been quite hard to be confident knowing that you could suffer another serious injury? No, not so much that. I mean, the, the injury is out of my mind now. I haven't thought about that for, yeah, probably a good six months now. Um, probably a couple of months before I made my return, that sort of goes out of your head and that's when you know you're on the sort of track to, to coming back. Um, so, yeah, that was probably, yeah, after, I mean, maybe two or three months after I made my debut, then it started to come back. The confidence started to get there and then hopefully... Um, yeah, obviously with the, the physicality and everything, now I'm playing a lot more games, the confidence is getting back and obviously the fitness is coming back as well so I can try and play as many minutes as possible and, and yeah, just do the best I can. Can you take me back to when you first signed for PSV because a massive club, you must have been so excited and then you have this bad injury. You must have gone through some dark times. I got quite down at one point. Um, I'd say probably between I'd say six months to... Yeah, eight, nine months, it got quite a bad period where I thought I should be doing more than I was. Um, and, yeah, as rehab goes, a lot of people that have been through it know that nine times out of ten, you're not doing what you think you should be doing. And, yeah, I took I took that difficultly. I mean, there was times where I'd come home from training and I wouldn't talk to, to my girlfriend. I wouldn't want to do anything. I'd just sit on the couch and just go into zombie mode almost. And it took me a good few months to get over that. And, yeah, now that I'm on the other side, I mean, it sort of lightened me up a little bit to the, the ups and downs of football and sort of take it as it comes now. I imagine that's pretty tough when you're out injured, just coming home and you've still got those family responsibilities there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, just, I speak about it now quite a lot. Um, if I do interviews here, 
where it's not only me going through the rehab, it's also my, my girlfriend um, and my daughter, obviously, as well. And yeah, they obviously, my girlfriend noticed it a lot. The My attitude changed big time when I was going through that period. Um, and yeah, she was the one to sort of take me aside and said, yeah, you got to sort your shit out now because it's not going to work if it keeps going like this. And, and yeah, just listened to her and, and sort of worked on it day by day and eventually got out of it. Comparing that to where you are now, scoring goals, flying, you must feel like you're really on a high. Towards the end of my rehab, kind of come back thinking, oh, am I really good enough to play at this level? Or am I good enough to stay in this team or make it into this team? And so there was a lot of questions being asked around around that period. And, and um, yeah, so that, that made it a little bit more difficult as well. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I was just more excited to be at a club and obviously after I got through that period it was just excitement to, to get on the field and get playing again. You've obviously got a couple of All Whites games coming up, touch wood, uh, that must be nice that you're sort of getting into the groove now, a few more games. Yeah, it's obviously, yeah, New Zealand football went through a period of, yeah, kind of finding themselves again. Um, and yeah, I think after the last tour, everyone's kind of yeah, excited again about New Zealand football, this new sort of um, stage we're on now where we can sort of build and, and sort of create the identity that New Zealand football should have. And um, yeah, I guess from the, the last tour, hopefully we can build on this tour and make sure we can get some good games under our belt. Does it feel like there's a new energy in the squad? We spoke to Elliot Collier a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how nice it was to have so many of the Olay players with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously... From the, the boys that obviously I know from going through Ole and the boys that I've played with in the past, it's great to see them at a at the high level at the national team and hopefully kick on from there and go come play into in Europe. Um, but yeah, there's obviously there's a young group coming through now with the the national team. There's yeah, you have the, maybe a group of six seven guys that are been with the national team for a good amount of years now. And the rest, uh, yeah, within our under 10 caps. I mean, it's a very exciting time to be a um, New Zealand football fan. And hopefully, like I said, in, in this next tour, we can build on what we did it from the, the tour against Ireland and um, hopefully we can kick on from that. And of course, we also spoke to Declan Edge a short time ago. Uh, just a quick word on his new look, that, uh, that beard that he's got going on at the moment. <laughs> um... Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up with Declan. I mean, I've seen a lot of looks that he's had. I mean, I've seen him as a skinhead. I've seen him with no beard. I've seen him with this sort of caveman look he's going for now. And, yeah, that's Declan. I mean, that's just who he is. I mean, the, the scruffier, the better. I mean, what you see is what you get with Declan, and that's just passion. And, I mean, whatever he does is, is good on my book. Well, the Wellington Phoenix are up to third in the A-League ladder, second briefly, and Liberato Cacace scored his fourth goal of the season. I know, he has been the revelation this season. He has just grown leaps and bounds. Uh, great finish as well. Uh, he's just making those runs in behind the defences. He's such a handful. And the fact that they've dispatched of Central Coast pretty easily, they were expected to. Coast Mariners aren't a great side, but... It's uh, a good confidence booster going into the likely playoffs. Great run for them, isn't it, really? Um, I was just reading this morning that it was the worst ever start for them of a, for an A-League season and now potentially the best ever finish, uh, finishing 
They've never finished above fourth, and they're in you know, a position where they could feasibly finish second, potentially. They're only sort of three points behind there. So it's an incredible turnaround, really, for a team that is essentially new uh, at the start of the season. Mm. I mean, what does that say about the, this sort of era where impatience is you know, the number one thing? It's, it's hard to give a manager time to actually get his ideas across. Well, that's right. And uh, normally it, it does take a bit of time, doesn't it, to bed in new players, bed in new ideas. Um, luckily, there wasn't really much of a clamour to, to get rid of, uh, you know, Tele at the start of the season. People were willing to give him a yeah, bit of time yeah. because they realised, you know, he'd, he'd been dealt quite a difficult hand there with, with what happened in the summer. Um, and sure enough, I mean, I think the spirit of the team is, is what's really driving them as well. When we had Stephen Taylor here, you know, a few months ago, he was sort of talking about how the, the lads like to get together, have barbecues or whatever, and, and hang out as well as sort of, you know, play together. And uh, you can kind of see that kind of togetherness and that team spirit is kind of, you know, really quite evident on the pitch and especially in their recent results. I mean, what struck me is these new players have come in and they've just, they're, honestly, they're the, they're the best performing players in the team, arguably. And, you know, they don't, they don't half a season with, with I mean, these Devlin in midfield has been superb. Davila up front, Hooper as well has been ball. I mean, they've all performed magnificently. They all proved to be a handful, but they, yet they all play together so well. They all understand mm. each other's movements on the pitch. And as we mentioned before, Kakache just runs up yeah. and down sort that Sort of a flag. different approach from last yeah. season, wasn't it? When they were relying a Absolutely. lot on Krishna, for example, Absolutely. to get the goals. Seems like much more Share of a team a unit now. Yeah. You know? And there's yeah. a consistency this season as well. Ten wins, I believe, this season now. Um, and, and I just can't remember a Phoenix side of that is this consistent for a long time. Going back to the Ferns, which we touched on before, um, Algarve Cup. I mean, results sort of neither here nor there, right? It's yeah. about building up to Tokyo. Rhea Percival, 150 games today for the Football Amazing. Ferns. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan that she's a, a Spurs player as well. But 150 games, more than any of other men or, or women in New Zealand football. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, uh, you know, when you think about some of the, 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 the big names, they've only really played just over 100, really, haven't they, for their mm -hmm. club and uh, for their country, at least. And 150, I mean, it's incredible that she's still performing, at, you know, at, a, at the top level for consistently for so long. And I think it's great. There's a lot of experience in that football fan side, but there's a lot of inexperience, and there seems to be a nice sort of um, level of, you know, these experienced players can help these new players come into the team and they really find their feet. I think Rosie White's an example of that. And she's almost a veteran now in herself, but yet she's very, very young, but she's been mm. able to, you know, she's been groomed and, and, and helped into that team. And she's a leader of that team now. Their next games might be in doubt, though, mightn't they? Because do mm. they have a, a couple more they, coming they up? Have, they? I, they have a game next month against Japan. It looks like coronavirus is going to mm. affect that game. It's affecting football across the world, as, as we know. Well, the All Whites are scheduled to play this month. As far as we know, New Zealand football this morning confirmed to me they are still planning on going ahead with those games against Oman and Bahrain. It's very much a wait-and-see sort of thing at the moment, though, so we'll see how yeah, that goes. Because Australia can, uh, postponed their qualifiers, right, for their World Cup qualifiers as well, I think, uh, which were due sort of around a similar time. Yeah, well, a lot of stadiums are being... Uh, well, a lot, a lot of games are being played in front of empty stadiums at the moment. Serie mm. A now postponed, but how weird watching games were you... You know, you can't hear any atmosphere. For West Ham fans, obviously, there's nothing new. But Serie A, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo having to play in front of nobody. Yeah, I, uh, I quite like, in a way, being able to hear the players and the coaches. It's quite novel, isn't it? But I well, think I want to hear a Premier League game because then <laughs> we can understand it, maybe, and see what. Yeah, hear what the refs saying to the players and things like that. Um, 
But, you know, there might be some teams that could benefit from it. For example, you know, Arsenal, for, uh, Xhaka would be a good case, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, would be keen for, for there to be no fans I actually think all. some teams might do better <laughs> going away. I mean, imagine going to Anfield with no crowd. Yeah, right. And I think that would actually, you know, be quite difficult for the Liverpool players as well, um, being used to that atmosphere and then having it taken away. I, I remember a few seasons ago Barcelona played in front of a closed stadium um, after the, the Barcelona riots. And I remember you could hear all the little details of players talking to each other, all the little collisions, and, the, the, you know, it was, it, there was a level of um, complexity to the game that you, you sort of absorb uh, in those sort of situations. I mean, of course, you want the fans there. I mean, yeah. what's I mean poor old Cristiano fans? arriving at the stadium, hi, air high-fiving, no fans <laughs> to, <laughs> to applaud him and to love him. Although I have a question yeah. for Jack. Yes. So, uh, there's talk in the city now that they might even cancel the league as it stands. Mm. There's been talk that, you know, Oof. this could well, happen to the Premier League. Mm. You know, you guys are on the verge of your first title in 30 years, and then imagine if they suddenly cancel it. Well, what would be heartbroken. Wouldn't we be crowned as champions? No, redo the season, I think. Redo the season. <laughs> Rewind and redo. Um, yeah, OK. Mathematically. It would, be a, it would be a shame. I think, um, you know, winning the trophy in an empty stadium as well would be a bit of a letdown. <laughs> like, the, tro the trophy lift would be a bit of an anticlimax in that scenario. But, um, yeah, I mean, but I guess there are more important things in football, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, this is the oh, thing. Apparently. Well, that is all we have time for this week. If you don't already, why not subscribe to the podcast? Just search TVNZ Football Club and all the usual podcast places. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or check us out on the One News website. We'll see you next time.